church Sunday after Sunday, that's not enough. You are made for more. As people, we long for more than that. But we have a desire that God has given us to be needed, to feel wanted, to be known, to have purpose, and to make a difference. This series over the next few weeks is an invitation to you to plant deep roots in the church. Now, I'm not going to make any bones about it. I really want you to make this be that church. Okay? And if you're just visiting with us, hey, would you try us for three weeks? Would you try us for three weeks? And then, you know, you can make your choice from there. But this is an invitation for you to plant deep roots in the church, for this to be a place where you plant yourself to bloom and to grow, to live your purpose in knowing and loving God. It's this series where we're hoping that you'll realize some truths about your identity. Over the next few weeks, I have an image here with four icons that I'll show you. Uh, and these are all parts of our identity of who we are in Christ. And I'm praying over these next four weeks that you will say, I'm going to come to church because I've been wrestling with this question. I don't know if I'm fully in. I've been kind of messing around, coming here and there, listening to a little bit of this and that. Uh, but I, I want to spend four weeks teaching from the Word of God about these four elements of your identity. The first one is that you're invited. You're invited. You have an invitation to be part of God's family. That's a part of your identity. You need to grasp that next week we'll talk about you being invaluable. There is a unique mission and purpose that only you can fulfill in the kingdom of God. And you are a valuable asset to our community. So you're invited. You're invaluable. We'll talk about influence. You are influential. Listen, you have a voice. God has given you life. God has filled you with a purpose to fulfill. And part of that identity is seeing yourself as someone who could bring others along in this journey with you. God has given you influence because he's given you life. So you're invited, you're invaluable, you're influential. And in week four, we'll talk about being invested. Being invested. This is my church. This is where I will plant myself. And this is where I will see things bloom in my life, as you can see through the little fruit there that's in the person's hand. So this is the heart of these next four weeks. Uh, are you in? Are you a person who's fully in? This week we're talking about invitation. You're invited. This is the first week's message. You know, there's something uh, special beginning this time of year. It's wedding season. Wedding season usually starts close to Valentine's Day, and people are planning weddings. And there's something pretty cool about receiving an invitation for a wedding in the mail, right? Invitations are awesome. And let me tell you, weddings are a big deal in the United States alone. Every year, the wedding industry is a $60 billion industry. $60 billion on weddings alone. And, you know, some weddings are low-key, some weddings are very extravagant, but there's nothing quite like a royal wedding. A few years ago, uh, Prince, and I hope I get his name right, Prince Harry, met and uh, married Meghan Markle, and there's a picture of here. Anybody happen to see this on television, some of you tuning in. Um, this was May of 2018. This was a royal wedding. Harry is a prince of uh, some part of England, I'm not sure. Uh, but the data tells us that 29 million Americans households, 29, this is according to Forbes, 29 million households um, 
watched the wedding between Charles and Diana in July of 1981, and the estimates are that 750 million people, three quarters of a billion people, tune in to watch the wedding. Why did so many people tune in? Well, there's an album against, there's a drama over what a wedding, but the reason why 750 million people tune in to watch this wedding is because in reality, in the real world, only 600 people were invited to the wedding. So think about that. A royal wedding, 600 invitations, but 750 million people tuned in just to catch a glimpse of it. Like I said, invitations, they make you feel happy, don't they? When you receive an invitation, it's like, man, I'm wanted somewhere. They want me to be part of their special day. Whether you receive it in the mail or you receive it through social media or however you receive an invitation, they make you feel wanted, they make you feel loved, like somebody thought of me enough to invite me to something. Now, when you're not invited to something, you feel left out. You feel disregarded. Have you ever browsed through social media and seen your friends doing something and you weren't there? You're like, man, they didn't even invite me. You know, those are sometimes feelings we get over quickly, but you know, there's rejection that that could cause, right? There's real feelings of, of, of shame or embarrassment of thinking, like, why wouldn't they want me there? We're uninvited. And sometimes those feelings of rejection, of shame, of embarrassment become the labels that we wear as people, right? You begin walking around with a label and an internal dialogue that goes through your brain that says, I'm not wanted. I'm not accepted because I'm not invited. Here's the truth, church. This is why you need to listen to this message today. This is why for the next 30 minutes here, you really need to tune in. This is the truth. In God's kingdom, there is a clear invitation to you. Yes, you. I'm speaking to you directly this morning. In God's kingdom, there is a clear invitation for you to be part of God's family. God's kingdom, there's no feeling unwanted, there's no feeling disregarded or feeling invisible because God himself invites you personally to become part of his family. And that is something that should spark something with inside of you today. So if you have your Bibles with you, I want you to join me in Matthew chapter 22, the Gospel of Matthew chapter 22. We're going to be reading the first 14 verses of the Gospel of Matthew. We're talking about being invited, about an invitation. Before we get to the scriptures, let me tell you what's happening um, during this time of Matthew 22. Jesus had just rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's the last week of his life. He's, uh, we call this Holy Week. Um, this scholars believe happened on Monday of Holy Week, so it was just after the Entrance, the grand entrance that Jesus had made into Jerusalem where people were worshiping him and singing praises to him. And there was people there that were out to get him. Now, there was people that were worshiping Jesus, and there was people that didn't care for Jesus and actually wanted to harm him. The scriptures tell us in the Gospel of Matthew that after Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem, he went to the temple to teach. He had cleared it out of some people who were doing some, you know, some shady business there. He had cleaned out the temple, and once the temple was cleaned out, he began to 
there's a religious group that has in their tradition to go knock on doors on Wednesday morning, and most of the earth, on Saturday morning, and most people, what happens when that knock comes on your door, you get really small, right? You try to blend into the background. Don't move. Maybe they won't see us. Shut the TV off. I just don't want to be bothered with that. I'm not interested in whatever you're selling. Blow them off. Listen, I used to do that too until I started coming to a church and learned my Bible. And then once those people came knocking to my door, I would run and say, How do you do it? Hey, 
So the servants went and brought everyone they could find, what? Good 
course, it's fine to hear this. That they, the most religious, the most uh, religiously educated, were not the ones at the feast, but the people that they looked down upon, the people that they judged, those that they criticized, those that they would refuse to allow into the temple. They were now listening that Jesus was saying, these are going to be the ones who are at the table at the feast. That was radical. This tells us that God invites even those that the world rejects. So have you ever felt this way, like, how could God have accepted me? He doesn't know my background. He doesn't know who I'm from. He knows. He knows. Trust me, he knows. But you know what? He still invites me. And you're hearing this saying, you know, my life has had so much trauma, so much pain. I'm, I'm afraid to even accept how could the Lord accept me when I'm so afraid? I, I'm not going to know how to act at the wedding. I don't know how to act at the wedding. You know, I, I don't know what to do at the wedding. Listen, he still invites me. He still invites me. Good and bad, this invitation to come and be part of God's family is open to every single person who would hear it. Who would hear it. That's why verse 14 begins with that maxim of many are called. This is the call that many have heard. Many have heard the invitation to come join the family of God. How will you respond to that? Will you respond to that? The last thing I want to finish is this. Not only does the invitation need to be responded to, the invitation is open to all, but this invitation must be fully accepted. Like I said, this would be a great story if it ended here. And the good and the bad were able to come in have a great time in the feast in the presence of God and those were God's chosen people not so fast not so fast this parable of an invitation also comes with a warning and I need to be just very very clear this morning you really need to zone in here you really need to zone in here verse 11 says when the king came to meet the guests Feast is happening. The hall is full of people. The king is, is making his way through the tables and, and meeting and greeting and eating with guests. And the guests are having a great time at this feast, and it's a celebration. There's life, there's joy, there's excitement here. I mean, it's a royal wedding, and the good and the bad are invited. People who are unworthy are in the house and having a great time. And as the king is making his way through the guests, he notices a man who's not wearing the wedding clothes. Now, what are the wedding clothes? You need to understand that whenever someone in high authority and high power would, would put together a wedding for a family member, they not only put together the food and the entertainment and, and, the, and the team to serve everyone, they also provided everyone with the clothes to wear. What's the first thing that you think of? Maybe the first or second thing that you think of when you know you're going to be invited to a wedding. What's kind of the first thing that comes to your mind? What am I going to wear? This is a major event. i got to go out and get something nice. This attire, this Jewish custom, was, 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 uh, was the king here 
as I call, you know, externally, you were around the feast, but internally you were cold within my righteousness. In other words, you never fully accepted the invitation. You wanted a party, but you didn't want a party. And so the, the invitation to the table is open to all. And the table will change you. to all of you. 